Next on Abounding Grace, grab hold of God's perspective on giving, and it can have a huge impact on what you do with the resources He provides to you. God uses people to reach people. That's what He does. He could do it much better with angels and Himself, but He, is, he has condescended to our level to use people to reach people. And so in your giving, not only is God raising you as a disciple, but bringing it home to this church family, you are absolutely 100% making an eternal difference in people's lives. No doubt about it. This is amazing grace. Whether you're a single parent finding it difficult to meet rent each month, or you've just been laid off and can't find a job, or maybe you're a missionary and monthly support has really dropped off lately, there's a message God wants you to hear today. He will provide all you need. We'll be reminded of God's gracious supply today on Abounding Grace through the story of a dear widow who is in a desperate situation of her own. God came through in a big way. He can do the same in your life. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor in 2 Kings 4. This also reminds me as we come back to 2 Kings, not only does it remind me of the possibilities that faith brings us in the hands of God, but secondly, this miracle reminds me, and this will be our only, our focus tonight. That's, I just felt sensed the need to pause on this section just here and, and have God build our faith. So number one, it reminds me what God can do when we bring things to Him. Number two, it reminds me of God's gracious supply. God's gracious supply. In the heart of God, he already knew what he was going to do in this widow's life. She didn't know it, but God already knew what he was going to do. He already knew how much oil he was going to give her. He already knew how many vessels would be supplied to her. He already knew. But can you imagine being that woman sitting there in desperation, in fear, and anxiety, knowing that in any moment she's going to lose her family to pay off a debt because there's no one to care for her? There's no one to take care of her? And, and the ones that would take care of her, they're going, to take, they're going to take away from her. And she's just sitting there, and she's just in a place of desperation. It's quiet desperation, but it's desperation nonetheless. And so what does she do? She cries out to Elisha. It's like the last thing that she does. You know my situation, and what does Elisha do? Well, what do you want me to do? What, what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have? Verse 2, and she says, you know, I've got nothing but a jar of oil. So they go borrow some vessels. They weren't even hers. Borrow some vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels don't gather just a few. God wants to graciously supply you, not because we would think some of you have a more timid uh, personality that if Elisha came to you and said, go gather some vessels, you would feel bad if you gathered more than one or two. It would just, you just feel bad. As you assess your situation, you think uh, one or two would be enough. And then you don't want to ask anymore because it's already embarrassing and, you know, you wish you had more vessels and you really understand that it's more gracious to give than to receive, but that's become a prideful thing for you because you love to give, but you don't receive. And so you would just say, I'll just get a couple. But he says, don't get a, just get a lot because God is ready to do a work. So go get those vessels from your neighbors. Don't get a few, get a lot. 
And can't you hear the Lord speaking to you? I want to do a greater work in your life than what you're experiencing right now. I don't want you to just get a couple vessels. Don't just get a couple cups. Get as many as you can because you're going to see the faithfulness of God. You want oil? I got oil. Think of that spiritually. You want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? God says to you, I have the Holy Spirit to give you. Take and receive as much of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just ask me. Just come to me. Stop living in your own wisdom. Stop thinking you're so Bible smart. Stop thinking you're some great teacher. Stop thinking that you got it all taken care of and you've been walking around and you're smarter and you're more spiritual than your mom and you're more spiritual. Stop all that. Humble yourself. Receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Say, God, I need a fresh anointing. I need to be filled by you. I I want more vessels. I don't want just enough for today, but God, fill me up for what you have ahead. I don't even know what's around the corner. I don't even know what's going to happen when I get home. You know what's happening when I, I know what's going to happen when I get home. My dumb fire alarms, those little white things that they put all through the house, are going off like crazy. There's no fire in my house. Anybody ever happen to you? It's three o'clock in the morning. Like, what? So you go change the batteries. Well, I must have missed one because it, we got it fixed last night. I get a call this morning. They're going off again. I'm like, well, do I need to go home? What's going on? Do we take it and unplug it? And it's like, so I pretty much know what's going to happen when I go home. The fire alarms are going to go off. Those little smoke detector things. And you can't just unplug all of them because they're there for a reason, you know? But it's just a little minor annoyance. Just a minor annoyance. Just interrupts your sleep a little bit. Just scares the, you know, scares the heck out of you because, you know, my house burned down before. So, like, that's a, the things go off. And you're like, smell for sleep. What's going on? And, and it's just a minor annoyance. But it's a minor annoyance nonetheless. Some of you might be going home to a major annoyance. I don't want to minimize, as we speak of faith, that the situations that you're going home to aren't going to be hard, aren't going to be difficult but it's because you've been focusing on the difficulty that you have no empty vessels. And you have no empty vessels, you're not going to get a fresh supply of oil. And you go ahead, come on, man. What are you talking about? Well, let me bring it down to you. You're the vessel. And you're so filled with pride and arrogance and anger and fear and anxiety And as I mentioned, complaining and murmuring, you're so filled with yourself that as the Spirit of God is being poured out upon you, it's being spilled. It's not that God isn't working. And it's not that God doesn't want to work. And it's not that God has abandoned you or even removed. We don't live in the old covenant days where we have to cry out like David, oh, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That's not, we have the presence and abiding of the Spirit of God. But because you're so full Let me put it in New Testament language for you, New Covenant language. You're so full, and maybe I didn't touch on what you're full with, but the Lord has already revealed to you what that is. Because you're so full, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're hindering the work of the Spirit in your life. And you've become accustomed to this brand of Christianity in your life where you're a Christian in name, but your heart is far from Him. Does that sound familiar to you? It's a paraphrase of what Jesus told to the Pharisees to the religious rulers. You've got the, you, you talk the talk, but your heart is so far from me. And God is saying, empty yourself. And while we wouldn't say there's not multiple people of us, I think in the multiplicity of the vessels, it speaks to us of, 
of, of emptying yourself multiple times of multiple things so that in the hands of Elisha, in the hands of our Savior, he starts pouring and he starts pouring and he starts pouring. And then what does he say? You have any more vessels? No, Lord, this is all I can find. Okay, then the oil. You're full. You're full. Oh, that the Lord would fill us. God's gracious supply. We have everything that we need has been provided by God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities, Paul says. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I'm full. I've received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And listen, this is a promise of God to us. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, Paul had certain needs as a missionary. He had certain things that he needed to progress, to take the gospel and move forward. This widow had certain needs to take care of the debt and to take care of her family. And the way that God supplies is through giving. The way that God supplies your needs is by him giving you what you need. And the way that God supplies through the needs of congregations and families is through the faithful giving of the saints. Physically, giving, giving of time, giving of resources, giving of... Can you imagine? Can you imagine what the church could really... What, what the church, and I'm not speaking of our church in particular, I'm speaking the church at large. Can you imagine what, what, what could really happen in the church at large if the attitude of giving in the church was like it was at Christmas? Because for a month, six weeks to a month, there is this sense of overwhelming desire to give. It's like on your mind. And so you're, you're, you're searching out the best sales and you're trying to find out the, what, what does somebody want? And if you get something, you're hiding it, and you're ready to give. And you, you know, if you're like me, you hide it, and then you go, maybe I can give it. No, it's not yet, and I want to give it. And you're just so caught up in giving. It, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, for the most part, like, it's not about what you want, although you might fill out a list. You might fill out a list because you have to, but then you want to get back to business. What do you want? What would bless you? What, what do you need? How can I bless you? How can I encourage you? And for six weeks or so, the world goes crazy. Now, we get caught up in all the commercialism and all that, and you know how crazy it is, but set that aside. What you're really seeing is how even the world can stir up people with a giving heart. Even the world can do that. Even the world can say, this is a good time to give. This is a good time to be nice to somebody. This is a good time to find out something about someone else and meet their needs. Can you imagine what that would be if that was just the atmosphere of the church of Jesus Christ, not, not encouraged by the world, but encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and that we just went around going, how can I meet your need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? What can I do to make your life better? How can I prefer you above myself? That is a testimony of the agape love of God. And that's why we look to the new year we really have to ask ourselves, are we the types of servants that the Bible language for the, what I just described is servanthood? The, the Bible language that is used to describe 
spirit-motivated giving is no greater love as anyone than this, than to lay one's, down one's life for his friend. And in agape, even to lay his, one's life down for his enemy. That we would walk in giving. And, and the very beginning, and here's, here's the biggest issue when it comes to giving in so many believers' lives. And this could be a Bible study for the weekend, really, so that the whole church, but this is the group that God designed. You guys out on the radio or watching on the internet. Here's the, here's the, here is the place that stops up the generosity of the church. It's, this is it. So many won't even give a tithe to the Lord. So many won't even give a tithe unto the Lord through their local church. How do I know that? Because I have friends all across the country that are pastors that aren't a part, at least in their time right now, a part of a generous church like I am and have been for 18 years. An overflowing generous church where I'm certain that, you know, we don't keep track of all the numbers in terms of percentages and who gives and who doesn't give compared to uh, who comes, but I'm certain that there are characteristics about our church that are true in other church because you're still learning how to give. Maybe you got ripped off at a church or you're just tight with your money and you don't know how to give and God's going to open up your heart. That's me. I descri- the reason I use that description because that was me when I got saved. I was just so tight. I was so selfish and the Lord had to teach me how to be selfless. But, but that's, that's one of the easiest things a believer can do is tithe. It's so easy. You can do it online. You can do it on, on you can do it, write a check. You can, it's so easy. You know, I don't want to share the gospel because I have to talk to a stranger. You feel that's so hard. And so, okay, so why don't you give? Well, it's so hard to write a check. It's just so hard, so hard to write a check. What do you mean? It's hard to put a pen in your hand and get your check? No, it's just so, you know, whatever, whatever excuses that come up, the, 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 the flow of, of God's generosity is being stopped up in your life at this one point. At this one point. A lot of times you might be in a church where you talk on this generosity and giving like it's just a way of pastor to raise money and stir everybody up. You can give more. If you've been around here long enough, you know that's not, that's not how we operate here. If, if nobody gave another penny the rest of the life of our church, God will still accomplish his will. You just won't get to be a part of it. That's all. You just won't get to be a part of it. Every testimony is, oh, yay, look what God's done. There's a great thing going on in Peru, but you've never given a dime to mission. So what are you clapping about? Well, I don't know, Ed. Well, it's happy. It's good to see what God's doing with Sharon, but how's Sharon going to eat if you don't give? Well, you know, she's just going to go take a fruit off a tree, I guess, you know, and she can just go pick fruit, or you can give. Yeah, Ed, but she should just pick fruit. No, you should give. You should give above your tithe and offering to the missions. It may not be to Peru. Maybe you don't have a heart for Peru, but how do you think she's living? You know how she's living? By faith. Who does she have faith in? God. To do what? Provide for her needs. How? Through you. Through you. Sharon, has God ever rained money down on you in Peru? No. That would be a pretty cool miracle, though. You can pray that, just like, you know, like, like you parents, you telling your kids that one, do you think, you, you think money grows on trees? <laughs> it doesn't. But it does grow in your life so that you become gener- generous and you just give. And you give by faith. Giving progresses the gospel. And it opens up the channel for generosity. It makes us more generous. I'm sure that many of you, when you were giving during the Christmas season, it made you feel good. Amen? Anybody? It just makes you feel good. 
You're anticipating what, you know, opening it up, and then they, they, they open it up, and they go, oh, that's just what I wanted, and you just feel good. It just makes you feel good. And then they open it up, and then you see on their face, they don't say it, but you see it on their face, this is, oh, nice, this is not what I wanted. And you just want to pound them for that. But it makes you feel good. It opens up, man, you give and you want to give more. You give and you want to help more. You give and before you know it, you're looking to solve other people's problems instead of just wallowing in your own. And you give a piece of yourself. You know, the, the giving of the tithes and offerings in a church is not God's fundraising campaign because he will accomplish his will with or without us. The giving of God, the giving of God, what, he anticip- what I believe in the bib- biblically that he anticipated in terms of, of giving within the church, one of the motives is not fundraising, but disciple raising. He's teaching us what it means to participate in what he's wanting to do and sharing in it and, and, and just being so blessed by what God is doing on the earth today. I was, got an email recently uh, and it was from a sister. She doesn't come to our church, but she oversees the crisis pregnancy center that, that we have running on Grace FM, Colorado Pregnancy Center, I think it's called. And she'll send me updates from time to time. And she recently sent me a specific video update of a couple who gave their testimony at a recent year-end event that they had there. And the whole purpose why they're on that video, that they received the help with their little baby, they received help on how to be a young married couple. The whole purpose that they were on that video is because they heard that spot on Grace FM. So listen to the radio, and the gal said it. So cool, I'll probably have somebody post it on social media for me. Um, but the gal said, like, like, I needed help, and I didn't have anything. And the ad said that you would help for free. So I called, and they did help for free. And you got this couple here giving their testimony, holding their baby, and, and the guy is a, is a bigger guy, uh, and, you know, strong man, you could see, and he's sharing how he was taught. He says, one of the things I learned from them is this swaddling thing with kids works really well. And that's just one of the things he's sharing. You know, I didn't know about swaddling. And so you hear a message on Grace FM, a little spot that's on there, and all the technology and stuff that has to make that happen. And then you got to make a phone call, and whoever has to make the phone work and pay the phone bill for Colorado pregnancy. And then whoever answers the phone, whoever volunteers, whoever shows up, whoever begins to train them, whoever gets involved in their life. And then somewhere along the way that somebody tells the dude, hey, you want to help your kid? Let me teach you how to swaddle them. And you're like, swaddle? It doesn't even sound like something a man should be doing. Swaddle? And yet he learned, and now the testimony, and say, wait, we see your testimonies like that all the time. But do you know how much it takes? Do you know how much it requires in the culture that we're in right now to get all those little pieces to line up to that finished product? And it didn't happen without the help of the body of Christ, including you. It didn't happen. Because why? God's method is always the same, just like Elisha and the widow, and this is where we'll close. God uses people to reach people. That's what he does. He could do it much better with angels and himself, but he he has condescended to our level to use people to reach people. And so in your giving, not only is God raising you as a disciple, but bringing it home to this church family, you are absolutely 100% making an eternal difference in people's lives. No doubt about it. Matter of fact, I think 
that we get so many testimonies and so many things happening that it's just sort of, you know, we have so many missionary updates that sometimes you guys, oh, another missionary update. Another missionary update. We should have one every night of the year. We should have 52 missionaries that we support that are coming back from the field saying, this is what God's doing. This is what God's doing. This is what God's doing. What struck me is that I've never met these people, but I'm going to see them in heaven. I mean, that's, I've never met them. I can't do everything, but what I can do, I can participate and begin to see God's supply for all of your needs. So I know that when you come into a congregation like this, you have needs and you're praying for God to meet those needs. God's gonna meet those needs. And I believe he's gonna meet those needs in such a way where not only are you gonna have enough for yourself, but like the widow, you can live on it too. And others can live on God's provision through you. That what God has given you, the last thing with the widow is what God has given you wasn't just for her, it was also for her kids. And you know who else it was? You know who else that oil was? It wasn't just for the widow, and it wasn't just for her kids, and it wasn't just for her neighbors. Do you know who else it was for? You. God performed that miracle in Elisha, through Elisha with the widow to encourage you in this moment right now about how faithful he is. Yes, God is faithful to us, and we have good reason to thank Him for His gracious supply in our lives, don't we? Today on Abounding Grace, we've not only learned about God's gracious supply, but what He can do when we bring things to Him. It's part of Pastor Ed Taylor's series in 2 Kings. You can hear this message anytime you'd like at calvaryaurora.org. Look for God Will Provide All You Need. Pastor Ed, we have certainly seen God's gracious supply through the years here at Abounding Grace, haven't we? I was wondering if you'd take a moment to explain to our listeners how God often provides for this ministry through the generosity of our listeners and touch on some of the great things he accomplishes through the radio today. Yeah, Larry, the very foundation of Abounding Grace started with a God-birthed vision and a brother, a business owner from California who connected with our little church plan in Aurora, Colorado, and felt the Lord burdening him to give. And this brother gave uh, to our church enough resources to launch our radio program for two years. And that's been the consistent way that God has provided through the ministry. Uh, the faithful, generous giving of listeners and men and women that God has touched their heart. And so I, I want to say at the outset, thank you for your faithful and generous giving. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Uh, I thank you for my brother Steve, who uh, is a generous giver that now does things with orphanages. And I mean, he is, he, God used him in that short amount of time and then moved him on to something else. And maybe the Lord is calling you for a short or a long amount of time to support the ministry here at Bounding Grace. And, and I, I would hope you would. Testimony after testimony after testimony comes in on a regular basis of how God uses the Bible teaching here through Calvary Church in Aurora to bless, encourage, strengthen uh, in hospital rooms, in prisons, in jails, in cars, uh, all over the place. And so your resources help to get our uh, program produced. It helps to get it on different radio stations. It helps to take care of all of the back-end technology and on and on and on. But ultimately, God provides, and we believe it. Where God guides, He provides, and now consistently for all of these years, and now so many different stations around the country, even around the world. So thank you, 
And please do consider giving regularly to Abounding Grace. You can do that through a website at gracefm.com, gracefm.com. And there's a giving option there. You can set it up one time or recurring. Thanks, guys. God bless you. Thanks, Ed. That's very encouraging. And friend, if you'd like to send in a donation today to help us continue the ministry, please call 877-30-GRACE. See if this sounds familiar. You make a New Year's resolution to break a bad habit once and for all. And maybe you experience some short-term success, but then that undesirable behavior rears its ugly head again. Is it really possible to break the cycle of addictive behavior? And if so, how? Erwin Lutzer points the way in his insightful book, How to Break a Stubborn Habit. You'll discover it is possible to break a stubborn habit with God's help. Get a copy of this helpful book as we begin 2019 when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. As you do, you'll be helping us continue delivering God's Word on this station in the year ahead. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. We'll pick up where we left off in 2 Kings tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado.